0: This podcast is brought to you by the Love, Serve, Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. Welcome to Ramdas Here and Now. And I'm Raghu Marcus. Ramdas, uh, in this uh, upcoming talk that I uh, pulled uh, out of this uh, enormous, wonderful archive, he talks about how may I serve you, about service. And. Uh, he talks about his path being the path of service and, uh, and what that means. I mean, it's a method. And there is no other better analogy as far as I know and what I picked up when I went to India with him, uh, when he went back the second time. And that's all around this one being that's worshipped in India. The Monkey God, Hanuman. Now, I'm not sure if I mentioned Hanuman in any previous podcast, because he comes up often in every temple of uh, Nimkaroli Baba, Maharaji, our Guru, that we went to, Hanuman was prominent. In fact, Hanuman was prominent and and images of the goddess, the mother, Durga, an aspect of her. And so I remember when I first went there I mean I knew nothing from nothing about any of these deities and I was struck by by Hanuman he just uh, just had such a compassionate uh look on his face and um and of course we started reading up on it a little bit and in fact um many of you know who Krishnadas is and uh, the first prayer that we learned in India was the Hanuman Chalisa, 40 verses in praise of this monkey god. And Krishnadas was the first person to learn, not easy to learn. And it's amazing that in, in America now, how many people um, are very familiar with Hanuman and know these 40 verses off by heart. I don't know how they got there. I can't remember. It took must have taken me years. Well, maybe not that long. Because we used to do it all the time. And Hanuman is known in India as the perfect servant. So whenever you talk about service, uh he's the first to come to mind. And Maharaja used to say to us, by the way, every every day, especially in the beginning, Hanuman and Christ are one. They are the same. And it's that service to man. That is the essence of that teaching. And um, Hanuman, just to give you, uh, those of you who don't know, I know many of you know, but I'll just, uh, if I'm repetitive, uh, you have to excuse me. But Hanuman, just the story goes, Ram was in the forest after he was banished by his father. And he was in the forest with his wife and his brother. And he lost his wife to the demon Ravana, who came and captured her and brought her uh, uh, to his homeland in Sri Lanka. So Ram enlisted the monkey uh, Hanuman to help him find her. So off, uh, you know, as the story goes, off he went and encountered all sorts of adventures which showed uh, various uh, uh, powers that he had. He had the power to become huge. He had the power to become as small as a gnat. And um, he eventually went to Sri Lanka. He found Sita. Ram's uh, wife and he burnt the town down because they lit his tail on fire. It's a, you know, there's so many levels to this story. It's out of the book that it's called the uh, Ramayana. Anyhow, he gets back to, to Ram and, uh, uh, again I, I have to apologize if i've if i've told this story can be told more than once because maharaji whenever he used to have uh, this particular chapter from the ramayana read to him every tuesday or read aloud and he would be there and it would come to a point which uh after hanuman had come back to tell ram that he had found sita and um and that she was safe and he just had to go there with his army and, and, uh, and defeat the demon horde and, uh, save her. And, um, Ram came to Hanuman and said, no one has ever done what you've done for me. No one. You can have any boon in any of the six or eight universes, whatever it is. And, uh, Hanuman said, uh, so Ram said, just ask me anything, anything. And Hanwan fell at his feet, at Ram's feet, and just cried, save me, save me from the tentacles of egoism. That's pure service, love, and devotion. And he is the emblem of that. And uh this is what we were introduced to. When we, when we went to India, this was the model. Um, and of course, this foundation is called Love, Serve, Remember. And this is the, the te- basic teachings that, uh, Maharaji gave to us. And he himself, although he was a completely uh, finished being, he, we would see him sitting there. Ram Das talks about this a little bit in the, uh, in the talk. He would be, uh, you could call it praying, but he would be, he, with each digit of his, uh, with each of his digits and each of the lines on each of his fingers, he would be doing ram, 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 ram. He would be constantly in process of merging. Even though he was already that, he would separate himself out to have that experience, is my take on it. Who really knows? Um, but, um, we would sit and watch him do this i mean it was just absolutely uh in- incredible um to see this uh and 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 the other thing that uh, i know ramdas mentions is uh, something i myself experienced that um this being you know who just when you sat with him, it was just this pure energy there was n- There was no identifiable uh point as you usually when you meet somebody, you can feel an identifiable point, which is you know represents the the ego that encapsulates the soul. in this case, there was nothing like that. it was liquid, and in that liquid, we would just want to melt into it. We would go there and uh, you know you'd think jesus i 've got uh, one question after another how does it all work please tell me and you'd get there and it would all dissolve into this liquid flow i mean it was an amazing amazing thing but that's all maharaji was doing was absolutely completely one with, in service to the divine nothing more and nothing less so um How may I serve you? In fact, when I first met Ramdas in his father's farm, he would do this particular exercise. And this was the first time for me. I'd sit down and he'd, he'd face you and you'd have eye contact and he would say, how may I serve you? And he talks about that in the, in, in this talk about, you know, just releasing everything of himself as he sat with a person and just would surrender into the moment and just be of whatever service he could be for that individual. And that was his practice. That was his method. And indeed, we can all take some of that on. And what else do we have to offer to anybody? But is to uh, just offer service to, uh, and, and prayer to, for everyone to be happy, for everyone to be peaceful. So here is Ramdas here and now.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stop for a moment and think about something that you really need to get off your chest. It could be frustration with your job or a co-worker. It could be fear or uncertainty about the future. It could be a secret that you've been hiding for years. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Speaking with a therapist on a regular basis is also a great way to improve your communication skills. Learn to resolve conflict. Increase your self-awareness and self-esteem. Develop positive coping strategies. Build stronger relationships, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, plus switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramdas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramdas
2: How do you do it? How do you do this trip? When anybody comes to see me, anybody, anybody who comes in the door, I offer them tea, I light incense, and I say to the guru, allow me to serve you in the person of the being who's just come. I feel very much like Ram's guru who says to Ram, Thank you for letting me do this thing for you, because this is my method. Das, das, das oham, I am servant. Das oham. Then I do my mantra until I cool myself out and get myself perfectly centered. And then when I can say it with full conviction and with complete openness and without being cute, which is hard because I'm a beginner and i got lots of ego. You are as hip an audience as I could ever conceive talking with. And you and I both know where we are at and I stand in a way naked before you. There's no attempt to say I'm a realized being. I mean, all of this, all the fancy halo and the beard and the dress and all the business is not to come on like being somebody else. I can only be where I am because you only teach by being. The truth is directly perceivable to anybody that's listening and any I found this out a few years ago when I used to speak to people like people in the village of the Haight-Ashbury places like this I found out that the least impurity I tried to cover up sent out a vibration and everybody understood and I could be nowhere but where I am each moment so I have to say my mantra until I can say to the person how may I serve you and mean it because I have got to look at that person and see that that person is Ram that person is God now when I say you it's, a, it's like a technicality and it almost feels like a cop-out but it isn't it's a very profound implication about who you is and who I is it's like Ram saying to Hanuman saying to Ram how may I serve you Because as long as you and I are in the illusion of duality, as long as you and I think we're different, what will be our social role? Well, our social role will be that of service. If we know who we really are, we know that we are one being. And then, as Hanuman says, when I don't know, when the cloud is there, I serve Ram. When the cloud is lifted, I am Ram. That's the way it works and i look at another person and all i see now this is very because everybody's the same person to me and what i really see is more or less light more or less light within a series of cloudy veils which i can see as individuality. now i haven't lost my ability to discriminate i can say man woman old young smart, you know, hung up, neurotic. I got all my categories. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a highly skilled, trained discriminator. That's how you become, you know, like a, an establishment man. And I'm very good at it, extremely good at it. And this doesn't mean I lost that capacity to do that by any means. It's merely a figure ground reversal such that what I look at Is I just look for the light I look for the light and then what I am doing is saying to the light how may I serve you now if somebody says well you can serve me by I want you to spend 14 hours doing this for me In other words, asking a game contract, then we will explore it together. This is where it sounds kappa, because I am not saying, how in the melodrama may I serve you? I'm saying, how may I serve you in the journey we are on to bring us to the light? Because that's the only thing I do, is work on, on this journey but within that it might be any kind of service because it doesn't matter because whatever you're doing when you've got this model going you're doing the same thing when you're when you're living in a community or in a family, when you're cleaning the, the behind of a child, when you're changing a diaper, when you're feeding, when you're loving, when you're dealing with a scraped knee, when you're when you're supporting somebody who's hung up because they're so caught in their world of games, they can't see their way out and just being there with them. How may I serve you? You're serving God at every moment. That's what's making life that is profane sacred. That's the operation. That's karma yoga. That's karma yoga. That's karma yoga. I mean, but those people demand all of my time. Who? Who? Who's them and who's I? Who's my time? What is your time worth? What are you about? Well, my time is worth $20 an hour. How poignant. How poignant. how much an island unto yourself. How little energy if your life is only worth $20 an hour. My life is worth everything and nothing, both. My time is valueless, is invaluable, is invaluable. You just can't estimate what my life is worth. What any moment is worth is every moment is an eternal moment. And if I am pure enough, it's all energy. Less hedgy but faith, ye could move mountains, said Jesus. Well, if I have enough faith and I can move a mountain, boy, it costs a lot to move a mountain these days, I'll tell you. And see, I can do it with a thought, and the thought takes a second. Well, look at what my time is worth. I mean, money and banking, in cosmic money and banking, all kinds of games to be played. But remember the paradox. you got to give it all up to have it all. See, the servant is that of surrender, the role of surrender. I mean, I go to New Hampshire and there is my father who has a number of hobbies. He's a very righteous person. He does lots of stuff. You know, he's always doing something. He's hammering something or printing something or shoveling something or, you know. And I see he's doing things that are like I don't know what they are, I mean, they're just things, but then so is everything else. (laughs) So I come along and I say, uh, how may I serve you, and he says, well, would you hold this? (laughs) So I hold it. I hope I went through a funny take recently I got um, last fall about this issue it gets very far out at some point I got a letter from um, from that Lerman of Playboy and um, he said they had had a questionnaire a psychological questionnaire in Playboy about the sexual habits of, of uh, men And they wanted to do one about the sexual habits of women and they knew i mean i was a really good psychologist and would i do the questionnaire for them now here i am a sexual renunciate in a dress i mean just the person playboy you know should ask to do their questionnaire about the these bed habits of women How may I serve you? That was the trip I went on. How may I serve you? And I knew that if I did that thing in order to bring enlightenment to the people who would take the questionnaire, Playboy would not accept it. So I wrote and I told him the problem. I said, would you ask Christ to do this? <laughs> <laughs> said if you had he probably wouldn't because he could do it but where I'm at I can't do it yet (laughs) because the purest being you see can with whatever service he does make the purest statement all the time because he can't make anything but a purest statement no matter what he's doing I mean what is very beautiful is to find a guy who who took a lot of acid and got all uptight and all, all strung out on amphetamines and went through the whole trip and now you find him and he was in the Haight-Ashbury and he was all weird and you were dealing with him in the middle of the night and all kinds of hysteria and mental hospitals and the drama and then a few years later you, you get a note from him. He's living with his chick in a little country town. He's the postman. Right. He's the postman. And he says, it's such a groove to go on my route every day. Yeah? It's a groove to go on my route every day. Before Satori, you chop wood and carry water. After Satori, you chop wood and carry water. You mean you went through college to become a postman? Mm. Mm. But then I meet a guy who is a, a nuclear physicist, but a very high being who's being a nuclear physicist. And that's what is emerging very slowly it's not that the outside drama changes it's not that families aren't created it's not that business doesn't go on it's not that legal problems don't exist it's not that society doesn't have its games and rules and laws it's the question of how conscious are the beings that are doing it Because if a person has surrendered their ego, then they do what is in harmony with the universe. And what does that mean specifically? What is the harmony and what is the universe? The universe is your biochemistry. It's your skills, it's your heredity, it's your environment, it's all of the forces acting upon you at that moment, it's all of the moral possibilities around you, that's all part of what the harmony of the universe is. I recall Isaac Stern, the violinist, saying to me, if I take LSD, will I still want to play the violin? I mean, I earn my bread playing the violin and you know, I make a lot of people happy. If I take LSD, maybe I won't be able to play the violin anymore. I said to him, Isaac, if you're playing the violin for the right reasons, you'll be a better violinist afterwards. And if you're not, you won't. Simple as that. Because everything which is impure must be burned out. Everything like in dealing with flax, you have to let rot away all of the stuff before you've got the pure stuff you can weave with. It's all got to be rotted away, and all the impurity has got to be burned out of the system. That is the work that I am doing. It's the only work to do as I understand it. There's nothing else to do. I mean, what I'm doing here may be useful to you and it may not be. I'm doing it as a purification exercise on myself because there's nothing else to do but keep working on myself because all I have to offer to any other being is my own purity, is my own being, is my own state of existence. And I realize that the less ego there is, the more there is to offer. That's the funny thing about it. the four great vows of, in Buddhism, however innumerable beings are, I vow to save them. However inexhaustible the passions are, I vow to extinguish them. However immeasurable dharmas are, the ways, I vow to master them. However incomparable the Buddha truth is, I vow to attain it. doesn't mean you become a passionless bump on a lawn. It just means that all of it, all of the grooving with the beauty of it all is done in an egoless state, in an egoless state. When you smell a flower, you are the flower. You are one. You are two and one, both at once and There is nobody smelling the flower and the flower is being smelled and the savor is total and yet there is no ego. When you are cooking food, see in the temples, it's all designed to keep you aware of this dance. So you never cook food except with a mantra. I mean, you always have something you are saying inside to remind you that you're not just cooking food. You are doing a, a part of the divine process that is keeping the temple maintained in order to seek the light. That's what the journey is. But the Bhagavad Gita says, do what you must do, but dedicate the fruits of your work to me. That's one other way of saying it. So there's the guru who is praying to, Hanu, to Ram. Ram, I love you, I love you, let me serve you. Whatever you want, I'll do, is somewhere in him he's saying constantly. You watch his hands. I mean, there's a guy who's done it all, and he's still. You watch his hands, and it's always moving like this. fingers are always going like these. He's always saying, Ram, 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 Ram. 24 hours a day. He's going in and out of becoming one with Ram, coming back to serve Ram and love him, going back to one with Ram, out to serve him and love him, back to one with Ram. He does that with every breath. Okay? With every breath. That's how delicate it finally becomes. You see. That's how close you are to that line. Where you are God and then you stand back in order to worship honor serve love whatever the particular role relationship is very egoless. the result is that the guru to everybody around him is pure energy he's pure light that's why they all hang out that's why they can't get enough of him I mean, I can go to the guru and I got a dozen intellectual questions and I got this and that. The next thing I walk up to him and it all turns into liquid. It's all gone. And here we are. And boy, there's just no nothing left of me. It's just pure, pure light, pure love, pure energy. You can't imagine what basking in that it feels like. Well, you can imagine. You can imagine. Because you all do it. At moments, I'll do it at moments. You all get to that place inside yourself where it's all right. It's really as beautiful as I thought it was, as I dreamed it might be. There's so much light and so much calmness and so much crystal clear beauty. So much awareness much energy and yet it's not that. It's energy. It just is energy. It's not energy that has to do anything. It's energy that is here. It is energy. You are energy. So when you're around this guy, he is an external personification of that, that, that stuff, that stuff and so once you it's not hard to surrender to that you surrender to the light surrender to pure energy, to pure love is surrender that is no surrender see that's the funny thing about it the surrender concept turns out to be meaningless what are you giving up? what are you giving up? you're giving up a kind of a hollow empty little trip that's good for maybe another 40 years, at best. You're giving it up for an eternal union with pure energy, pure light. Because surrender means you no longer die. It's as simple as that, that's what it means. Because you that lives and dies is you, ego. Is you, ego. And fear of death only comes through the brittleness of ego. Only comes through the brittleness of ego. Total surrender. Total surrender. There's no more you. No more life and death. Yeah, I'm going to die. Wow. Dig that. I'm going to live wow dig that garbage oh wow dig that the new blossom on the tree oh wow dig (coughs) that patterns of energy patterns of energy all patterns of energy you're part of it all that's that's the place that's the place so people my father says to me, when are you going back to India? And I say, I'm going back. the guru says, I am to come back in two years. He says, well, do you do everything he says? <laughs> <laughs> you the level of the question? Do you do everything he says? Don't you have a mind of your own? We're giving you this executive position in this company. And we want you to know you'll have a great deal of independent decision-making power. decision-making. What do you want to do today, Marty? I don't care. What do you want to do? (laughs) I remember a few days standing in London. I had fled from Copenhagen, where we had had a very unfortunate thing with a psychological convention. And uh, we were in London, and Tim and Bill Burroughs and I were walking through the streets, high on something or other, and we we were spending just days going from park to tea room to park to tea room and every now and then we'd be at a corner and somebody would say well should we cross the street <laughs> and we would stand there and nobody seemed to care <laughs> because we were all fulfilled at that moment right there on that street corner in london we were all just very very here <coughs> See, when there's no ego, the ego, you understand, is within the concept of time. It's within time. So ego always has past and future. So it's always caught in the planning, in the expectancy, in the not fulfilled, in the fantasy. While once the ego is gone, you're just here and now. There's just here and now. That's all there is. I mean, I never was until this moment, and I never will be afterwards. It's all just here and now okay now we got a new here and now here we are wow look at this it's still here It's still here it's here it's all new wow look at this it's all gone it's all here here and now fully here and now right here right here now right here now right here now, right here, now. You didn't come up the stairs and walk in and pay two bucks and come sit down, come to listen to a lecture, and I'm giving a lecture, and then you go home and you'll work hard and perhaps become enlightened. Ah, that's, all, uh, stuff. that's all stuff. Here we are. This is it, right now. You don't have to have that urge, that desire, that unfulfilled thing. Just let it be. Just be. Just be. Be calm. Be. Be more. Be more. Be more. 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 What's holding you back? Your thoughts, huh? Gotta give them up. Just ego planning. What are you doing? Planning for the future? Well, it's hard to be now, but later, forget it. Maybe here is here now is now are you going to be here or not simple as that simple as that but i'm so young i have so many things to do yet well that'll sure keep you from being here and now life is passing me by if I just live in the here and now, won't there be chaos? I mean, what happens to the telephone ring? Well, the here and now fact is the telephone ring, so you pick it up and answer it. Well, if somebody wants to make an appointment to see me three weeks from now, right, you write it down, that's here and now. Well, what happens three weeks from now? Well, three weeks from now, there's that appointment, that's here and now. When your child comes down the stairs, this is the first moment all over again. This is Buddha meeting Buddha over toast and coffee, over milk and porridge, over tea and brown rice. This is here and now. We never had breakfast before. This is it. This is all there is right now. If it's not good enough, man, it's not good enough. I t- was taught this in a very strange way. I lived in a community in California, and I was a wheeler dealer, you see. This was a few years back. Now I'm a new kind. <laughs> now I'm a cosmic wheeler dealer. <laughs> before I settled for just like mundane, physical wheeling and dealing. And I was a computer programmer and um, I was supporting this community of artist type people and stuff like that and paying off some debts and I was a consultant in mathematics research and in public education and lecturing and I was doing my gig and I was flying around the country being, you know, doing my thing, speaking about LSD. and I was living in a community I I want to digress to tell you where this first happened to me I got to go back more I've got to go back to 1954 when I didn't understand what was happening that's why I didn't remember it till just now I rented a farmhouse I was a graduate student I rented a farmhouse I was living in the farmhouse and I was a Wheeler dealer graduate student in those days and a fellow called me and he says I've just come back from India may I stay at your house for a while I said sure man come by big house come and live here so he moved into the house every morning at 7 o'clock I would get up and I would go and I'd brush my teeth and I'd shave and I would put on my tie and my jacket and I would generally walk out I would get into my car and drive to work After about a week, I would walk out the door of my bedroom and there he would be sitting in the living room, just sitting there. He might have been sitting there all night for all I know, I don't know. And I would go rushing by him. Hi, Rob. Good morning. I'd be halfway out to the car before he would have finished the good morning. <laughs> and I'd just have the handle, my hand on the door and it would, like, stop me cold. I mean, I would see myself rushing, like, caught in the next thing. And I got to hate him. I got to hate him. I used to climb in and out of my bedroom window rather than have to go by Now we're ten years later, and we're in this community in California and um, living with a very, very high being by the name of Steve Durkee, an artist. Very beautiful guy. His wife and babies. And so I have a day off, it'd be Saturday, and it would be we'd be going to the store. It'd be the dog. And the babies we all get in the volkswagen microbus and there would be jane the gal i was living with and her baby and me and steve and barbara and the whole scene in the like, microbus going shopping and we get to the door and dakota cody uh, kobe the steve's daughter would say i she'd start to cry Well, now um, I have the morning free and we're going to go to the store. Saturday mornings we shop. All right, Kobe, cool it. Kobe doesn't cool it. She cries. Well, maybe we'll go to the store with Kobe crying. Well, maybe Barbara better stay home with Kobe. No, Kobe doesn't like that. She cries louder. Well, what's wrong, Kobe? Kobe's not going to tell us. She just wants to cry. Well, she's just being a kid.
1: See,
2: I mean, this is my head. Let's go. Come on. We're we going to the store, or aren't we? Steve says, What's the sense in going to the store? I mean, it's like, what price efficiency? What happened to the, the, the human beings in the shop What happened to the vibrations in the shop? So, I mean, we'd do this absurd thing. We'd all stop around this little kid, you know? We'd all sit down. We'd join hands. We'd all cool ourselves out. And when we all got relaxed, nothing calm enough, Kobe would stop crying. And then we'd go to the store. <laughs> and Steve taught me that if you get so efficient that you've got to turn off the vibrations of the scene because you're so busy about the future or the past or time has caught you so much. cost too, too, much. too much because here and now is all there is and if it isn't beautiful man there's nothing so you say well I can't have it beautiful now but later when you get the food home it'll be beautiful later never exists later never how many people do you know now Self-made men that are 70 years old for whom later never exists. They did it all for later, and now they're saying, I did it for you kids, and what are you doing? You're go, going, becoming bums, you're taking drugs. I did it all for you. And you're not giving me happiness in my old age. That's what I did it all for. I was miserable all the way through doing it for you. Time-binding, time-binding. Time is part of the illusion. You're in time, you pay, you pay heavily for it. Now that doesn't mean the whole world falls apart. The funny thing was, we got everything done all that year we ever had to get done. That was funny, I mean, I thought, well, when you start to play this mushy game, man, it all falls apart, you never get anything done. But what we did was so high that it would, it was so much higher than anything I had ever been part of before, that everything we touched had a certain prist, pure, pristine quality to it.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by the Love, Serve, Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate all the support for the foundation and for Ramdas's work, and we hope that you will continue that support. You can go to ramdas.org. And click on the Donate Now button and follow the prompts. Thank you.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What do you need to get off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, develop positive coping skills, and much more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient Flexible and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/Romdos today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. dot com slash